So what I tell my PMs is always be passionate about a problem, not about a solution. Same thing for entrepreneurs. If you're passionate about a problem and you really focus on the problem and on the audience, you actually are more likely to come up with a good solution because you're not married to a solution and you don't get stuck if that solution fails. You can easily come up with another solution for the same problem. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by J Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. I'm joined today by a great, great friend of mine, an amazing investor, entrepreneur, product expert, Amir Shvat, head of product for the developer platform Twitter. Amir is the head of product for the developer platform at Twitter and a venture partner at Innovation Endeavors. Previously, he held executive roles at Amazon, Slack, Google, and Microsoft. He is the author of two books on designing bots and building APIs that developers love. Amir Shvats, welcome hey. to 20 Minute Leaders. Woo. How are you doing? Great, great to be here again. You were the first episode of the series. I remember that. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. You took a big risk. From the middle of Corona. No risk. It was just like crazy just to see people, to have a good conversation with someone. That was delightful. Amazing. So in, in the next 20 minutes, I want to dive deep into creating products that are not only good, but they suck less. Yes, definitely. And, you know, Amir, your, your history with Microsoft, Google, Twitch, Amazon, Slack, uh, Twitter, uh, having acquired Reshuffle, now head of platform for the APIs and developers. I can't think of anybody better in the world to dig into this topic than you. And so I'm, I'm really excited to, to pick your brain in, in these next 20 minutes or so. What, is, what does it mean for you to create products that suck less? I think it's, um, if I had to distill it into one word, it would be empathy. Empathy is super strong. You need to develop empathy to the person that you're building the product so if, we, if I had to distill it to something is to develop the feeling of empathy with your audience uh, and, and build a product that they really need and they really love. That's, that's how I look at it. So, so what does that actually tangibly mean okay. you know, to build empathy with your audience? So I'll, I'll give you a few examples where I failed and then uh, how I corrected uh, my failure to build product that sucked less. So my first experience was at, uh, at Google. I was responsible for the startup program at the time. And um, we built a portal for uh, entrepreneurs. So the idea was entrepreneur would want to know how to work with Google and they would come into this portal and learn about all the resources that we have. And we did a design sprint and we brought, and I designed the first uh, page, of course. Um, and then we brought entrepreneurs to actually uh, do some user testing. And the most common word that they uh, said to describe the site was confused. Wow. They were super confused about the site, about the value, didn't understand anything. And that was a big, like, oh, shit moment for me. Like, so, can, can I say shit? Is that okay? Oh, anything so. you want. <laughs> so that was like, a, oh, I didn't do my job right. And I learned that uh, it was my, my early days in product. I learned that that happens a lot. Um, so we did the design sprint and we did, we experimented with few, uh, with a few designs and we did a new data, data architecture. And at the end, we brought, um, different entrepreneurs back. And the most common word to, des to describe is I get it. I understand why Google is good for me. 
So that's one example. I, we developed a lot of empathy. We understood during that design sprint what developers are, what entrepreneurs are looking for. What are they, what are their motivations? The fact that they have maybe five minutes to understand what is the value. They can't dive deep into, they don't need a lot of word. They just like give them the value front and center. So that was a very interesting learning experience. But what happens to you as you leave the room with the initial entrepreneurs that are saying confused, and now you're sitting back and you're reflecting and you have to decide on some action steps to, to change things. What, what, what does that strategy look like for you? So we did a process that was developed in Stanford called Design Sprints. And the key here is to re release yourself from a solution and really immerse yourself in a problem. The problem is entrepreneurs landing on a dev site and they need to understand, the need is to understand how Google could help them. Mm -hmm. So instead of focusing on what is good for Google and what are like the programs that we offer, like you need to start thinking about what is the value that you're delivering. And as, a, as an entrepreneur, I landed what, what's in it for me, mm. right? So you, you switch your point of view to the customer's point of view and you start playing with different designs. So now you go into ideation stage and you look at different design. And now with the new lens, you look at all these designs and you say, okay, this actually resonates. And you bring other people and they share their experience and you get a lot of signals and then you actually uh, verify those designs with new entrepreneurs, right? right? And you might get it wrong again, and then you try it again. But usually you get it more right because once you change, once you develop this empathy, once you change this slide from what is, what is good for Google to what is good for entrepreneurs, you will create a much better product. Amazing. Um, I can talk about another experience that was pretty interesting if, if, you're, um, if this is still uh, interesting for you. Um, when I joined Twitch, we already spent a lot of time and money building uh, a marketplace uh, for integrations between Twitch and other games. Um, I think the amount of time that we spent before I joined was about five years of a person time to develop. That's a wow. lot. So we were really bought into that marketplace, but that marketplace performed really, really poor poorly. Uh, nobody went into that marketplace. And even if they went into that marketplace, they, people didn't know what to do there and didn't find value. Um, and I was tasked with fixing that, uh, that problem. Um, and the way I did it is, again, this, the only way I know how to build good products is to immerse myself with the audience. So I started interviewing uh, users. And I asked them, why don't you... Like, the basic need was vetted. They wanted to integrate their games with the experience of Twitch, but they didn't understand why they need the marketplace and they didn't care about going and sifting through different. They wanted us to tell them what's the right integration. So instead of building this big ass marketplace with search and recommendation and AI and all of that, we created an experience that says, the minute you edit your page, we'll recommend three integrations that fit your needs. And that moved from conversion of one 0.6% to 75% uh, wow. conversion. The, and, and our users were happier and they were more inclined to actually recommend these integrations to other users. So, and, and that cost us, that experiment cost us two weeks to develop. Wow. So we moved from like multi-year projects to a few experiments. Basically, we moved from a project that took us multi-years to a project that took us two months, but actually delivered the entire value that our customers were looking for.
And, and it sounds to me that a common pattern that we can start seeing in terms of these things is that sometimes these week or two experiments, taking a look back, rethinking the strategy that you've been playing out for months can actually be pivotal to your success, right? hundred percent. And it's usually you, you suffer from, you know, a sunk loss fallacy is you've invested so much in this project and people are dependent on it. They, they spend their time and blood and tears on this project. Wow. So what I tell my PMs is always be passionate about a problem, not about a solution. Same thing for entrepreneurs. If you're passionate about a problem and you really focus on the problem and on the audience, you actually are more likely to come up with a good solution because you're not married to a solution and you don't get stuck if that solution fails. You can easily come up with another solution for the same problem. So as you're approaching now, you know, as head of platform within Twitter, previously co-founder and chief product officer of Reshuffle, you know, beyond the, the tangible, actionable steps, how, how has your thinking evolved when you're thinking through these strategic scenarios as, as, a, as a leader, you know, as, as a product leader? So first of all, the thing that you need to develop is uh, being humble. You need to understand through a lot of experimentation that you're mostly wrong in many cases and that you need to um, experiment in order to decide. You need to have a thesis. You need to have a core thesis that you're really passionate about. You need to focus on the impact that you want to deliver, but that impact could be delivered in multiple ways. And right. it's your job as a leader to show people where they need to be and to empower them to find their path. Because if you, don't, if you are very prescriptive, you are gonna lose. You need to hire people that are smarter than you, I really like to work with people that I, we talked about it last time. I really like to work with people who are much smarter than me to give them a mission that is hard and to empower them to actually reach that mission. And if you do that and you get enough luck on your side, you'll be successful. And so you, you've seen both, you know, big corporates, medium sized corporates, but also the startups. Yep. I'm guessing that it's harder to do a lot of these steps as you're growing the company because you just have many more people with many more opinions. But from, from what you're saying, what are some interesting steps that an entrepreneur can do to, to raise a culture that, that, is, that is humble, that is asking those critical questions? So the first thing you need to do is hire the right people and empower them. Basically fire yourself from the role. So if you're, uh, let's say you're an entrepreneur that's really passionate about product and you hire a VP of product, you need to actually give them the power to make impactful choices. Places where I see this fail is entrepreneurs that hire people to execute on their plan mm. instead of giving them the power to actually uh, to be empowered to do this. Um, an example I do this in, uh, in big corporates is I let the people who are least senior talk first because they're closest to the problem. And if the most senior person talks in the room, then everybody aligns to that person. But if you start from the least senior, you usually hear the most, <laughs> the smartest thing that actually makes sense with people who have actually immersed themselves with the problem. So you can build mechanisms, even if you're a startup, you can build mechanisms like that to make sure that everybody is heard, that everybody's included, and that you haven't spent too much money on people that just execute your job. Because if, they, if you're hiring people that just execute on a vision that you create, you, you probably need to pay much less. Now, Amir, you know, you're, for the past so many years, you've been dealing with product and you've seen product growing in different organizations. Why are you so passionate about product? Well, what is it about this world that just fascinates you? Beyond me, like I'm sitting with you for coffee and I'm energized by how you talk about products. 
Uh, I think it's because I come from a family of farmers and you need to grow something and I'm not really good. I, I guess I'm not good at farming. I haven't really earnestly tried it, but like for me, product is, uh, is creation. And when you create something from zero, there wasn't something and now you did some work and now there's a thing that actually impacts. And it doesn't matter when you're creating uh, a physical product or a program. Uh, I managed a Google star. I, we talked about it. I managed a Google startup uh, program. And every time I walk in San Francisco and I see someone with the t-shirt of the Google startup program, I get like, wow. And that's passionate for me. Like, I, I think that impacting people and giving them the platform to innovate is, is something that is a core theme for in my life. Like letting people unleash their creativity. So you you really are an expert now in this world of deve of, of developers and well, I have experience. I don't know if I'm an expert. I'll I'll, I'll use that title. Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, but you've seen developers work with with the greatest companies, and, and you're you're really immersed yourself in developer platforms. Where are we at with the world that you've had such a strong conviction that this that this is the the thing you want to be working on? So I think that developers uh, are. Amazing. They, their creativity powers so many things. If you think about uh, our phone, it's a new thing, right? It's been here for maybe 20 years. And now everything we do is through that phone. We pay our bills through that phone. We do our banking through that phone. We, we take a ride through that phone. We order our food through that phone. All of this are things that developers uh, built on top of a platform. So I'm really passionate about developer platforms because it gives developers the ability to create things that I would never have thought of. Um, Eric Schmidt has a, like a very um, good term. He said like they built Android without knowing that there's going to be Spotify and Uber right. and Lyft and all these amazing companies. But they knew that they're building a platform that will enable that innovation to happen. And for me, that's really revolutionary. If you, there's, few times in your career where you can make an impact that actually enables all the people to make an impact. And that's where I, that's also my investment thesis. I love developer tools. I love developer platforms. I love places where we enable these creative and productive people to do more. Amazing. And so what are some things about developers that you've learned over the last few years that, you know, as a developer may not even be trivial for me when we're looking at the grand scheme of things, when you're looking at a massive population of developers around the world? So I think there's a few things. Um, the developers are opinionated and they will tell you what's broken, which is amazing because users usually don't. Right. User, users usually say, yeah, I don't like it or I don't feel like using it. Developers will tell you, hey, this is broken and here are the three things that you really need to fix. They might not be right, but they're very opinionated and they're usually right. So listening to your developers is super useful if you're building a tool. I ask a, a tool or a service or a platform for developers. I ask my PMs to meet developers at least on a weekly basis. Really? And they develop a lot of value from just listening to that audience. The second thing is that we're just at the tip of the iceberg of what developers could do. I think that the world is going to change to everything we do is going to be touched by software. I think. We're going to have software invisible in everywhere that we do. We're going to talk to software. We're going to interact with software in ways that we do not imagine. Um, I've seen a startup that can actually, uh, they claim that they can actually uh, listen to your uh, thoughts if you, if you vocalize them and not say them. So if I'm telling you, 
they can actually know what I'm thinking about if wow. I'm vocalizing because you're actually ru running the your words through the through some sort of system. That's amazing, and that's a that could be a platform for so many interesting innovations. So I think developers are the future, and I think that audience is underserved. I think the tools that we're using still suck. I think build still takes too long. I think that our developer tools could be much much better. I think we could spend a lot less time on testing and doing a lot of boring stuff and focus on creativity. And that's what I want to do. Amazing. Now, I want to close the loop from, from the beginning of our discussion when we talked about making products that suck less. And you yes. gave a few examples of transitions that you've done within both Google and Twitch. Tell me about an experience you've had where you came, you came into the experience with the understanding that, that you need to and, and immerse yourself with empathy and really understanding your users and, and immersing with the problem, and it worked. And it works. Yes. Um, one thing that I did that was kind of uh, successful was to bring developers into a product in the beta stage. And that worked really well because that brings the validation early on before you launch. Mm -hmm. uh, many times when you release a product, you release it and it either is awesome or it's not awesome and you only know at the day of the launch. But something that we did at Slack that was pretty successful was to bring developers into the design stage of the product. And then they gave us feedback before we launched and then they built the products that integrated with Slack before we launched. We did that with Threads pretty successfully. So when, uh, when we launched Threads, we actually had three partners that, that showed what's the power of threads through an integration with Slack. Uh, and that was, we got the validation very early on and we brought our partners and developers into the ideation and design and building the product and we built it together. And that, we had high conviction that that will be successful and we were right at that time. I love it. Amir, thank you so much for coming here. Of course, here. thank Enjoying you for it. having me. I have three more questions for you. Okay. And I want to take you back to your childhood. Okay. Falsaba. Falsaba. What fascinates you in your day-to-day? -day? It's before there were developer relations and yeah. dev tools. What? I, I wanted to be an astronaut. Uh, that really fascinated me. The core experience that I had as a kid was either being extremely bored or extremely fascinated about a, uh, about a topic. So when I was bored, I was depressed. I, didn't, I, did, I, I was super sad. Like the first few days of every vacation, uh, like school vacation, I was super like, what am I going to do? I'm going to be super bored. And then I fell in love with something and I just focused on it crazily. So that was my experience as a kid. Now, when you're saying focus on, on it crazily, what, what does it actually mean back then for you? Does it mean just immersing yourself many, many hours? Reading about being an astronaut and taking pictures of the, and thinking about an astronaut and writing a story about being an astronaut. And like, and, and the second is like being a superhero. What does it mean? What are the types of superhero? How can this superhero beat this superhero? So like either being bored or super fascinated about an usually useless topic uh, that really delighted me. But do you see that, that same behavior? Of course, I'm, I'm the same, per I, I'm probably not the same person, but I, I feel like I'm either super bored and I can't do boring stuff. I'm, that's my, I just can't do them. Or I'm super passionate about a topic and then I look at it and I, think about it at night and I wake up in the middle of the night and write some notes about it. So I'm either super passionate about something or very bored with it. I love it. And today in your day to day, you've done so much already, but what inspires you to continue? You know, you can really do anything you want in the world right now. What, why, why do you do what you do? What, what really inspires you in your day to day? 
it took me a lot of time to figure that out. And I tried a lot of roles. And what I found is that I'm a domain-specific person. There are people who are passionate about product. There are people who are passionate about engineering. I was passionate about a domain. I, my, and my domain was developer platform. So I did marketing and advocacy for platforms. And I, did, I engineered some platforms. And I did product for some platforms. But I found that I'm, I need to be passionate about a topic. And the, to and the topic of my career was developer platforms. Very, very cool. And what are three words you would use to describe yourself? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um, I, I like Douglas Adams. So I would say, do not panic would be my uh, three words. Because I, I, I tend to think that most things should not cause panic. Uh, and you should be chill. And if you're chill about life, then life treats you pretty awesome. Even if like there's hard, hardship, which you all experience. Amir, Todaraba. This Thank was you. amazing. Um, Thank you for all the inspiration over the years and being the first episode and, and here and I'm inviting you to another episode and another few hundred episodes. Thank so it's you gonna for be having me. A lot of fun. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you.